What do you plant now in your containers, in your raised beds, in your vertical gardening platforms for fall? That's what we're going over today. Welcome to the Road by Road Gardening Show, the best dadgum gardening show on the internet where we talk about gardening, a little bit of cooking, and growing your own food. Now sit back and enjoy. Hey, I'm Greg. I'm Sheila. Good to have you. We're back for another show. You know, we're talking about as we mentioned, vertical gardening, which is a whole thing within itself, and container gardening and raised beds, because this is all the new thing in the last couple of years, been a huge influx of people doing this type of garden. A lot of calls about it. A lot of people, are beginner gardeners are coming into it using these small space gardens, or people that don't have much room are getting in the garden using small space garden, which is ideal and perfect because it allows a person to enter the gardening hobby without making a huge substantial investment or whatever. Uh, need it, a lot of tools. Yeah, it allows them to come in and be able to grow a little something, which is cool, don't you think so? I think it's cool. Yeah, I think so too. So that's what we're talking about today. Also, at the end of the show, Hossinator. Hossinator contest is up, and we're gonna Ooh. we're gonna talk about that now. So you got to stay to the end because the Hossinator. I don't even know who it is. Well, I do. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the show, the Hossinator contest has been going on for quite a while now. We're winding it up. Hossinator was a new tomato variety we brought on this year that we've been super stoked about, and it is a big tomato. But not only is it a big tomato, but it's a good tasting tomato. But we're going to show you who won the biggest hossinator. Mm -hmm. How about that? Flowers in the garden again. Mm -mm. This is, uh, you heard me talk about in my raised beds between summer and my fall planting, I always plant my last session of sunflowers. And these are some dwarfs that we have, a couple of different varieties. And they're very short, like this right very here. Very short. <laughs> So that would work good for a border, don't you think? Very good for a border. Yep. Very good for a border. And then I got some of my uh, garlic chives. Now who would have thought garlic chives would have made a filler in a bouquet? Not me. Might me not smell the best, but it looks pretty. Yeah, cool. Cool. It's got to always have those flowers to keep the ladies happy. Happy, happy. And it does brighten up everybody's day just a little bit. So in the garden right now, we are starting our fall gardener, but we're still we're still getting a little bit of the benefits off of our summer garden. And you know, you and I, I won't say you and I, we have a tendency to go all in on something when mm -hmm. we do something. We just we get do. caught up in it. It's like the microgreen things. We just go full force in microgreens. I thought it was just you, but I think I have a, you've yeah. rubbed off on me. Yeah, so what we've been, we've been gathering our Jimmy Red corn for the last mm -hmm. three weeks. And man, we have been cooking some Jimmy Red corn. Every which way, I'm fixing to make a mess here. You see the Jimmy Red corn here. Just let it fall. I'm going to get both of them. Oh, I savaged that one. I was about to make a nightmare there. A Jimmy Red corn, you know, this would be good ornamental corn if somebody wanted ornamental corn. But yeah. look how pretty it is. We've been harvesting, we've been that shelling. That kind of was the idea up there, was the little ornamental yeah, corn. Kind of there was that some up. empty, you see up there? Uh, I should have went for that. This right here, we have been harvesting, we've been shelling, and we have been cooking, and we have been eating almost every meal. We've just been figuring out what, how we can eat it. You know what we got today? I do. 
So we have took our Jimmy Red corn and we got some videos coming out on this of how we shell it, how we preserve it, and how we grind it. Because grinding is kind of a thing most people don't know much about. But we're showing that within the next week or two on our YouTube channel. You'll see these videos coming out showing the process all the way through of how we make these grits right here. So when we grind it, we've been trying to look at how many different ways we could use our cornmeal and our grits. For example, just the other day, I think it was Sunday for lunch, I cooked salmon patties. Oh, I love salmon patties. They were patties, really good. Using the Jimmy Red corn, we ground our own uh, meal there. Now, shrimp and grits is a wonderful meal. If you've never had it, you don't know what you're missing out of. And even made out of the Jimmy Red grits, it has a little bit better taste to me. Some of our chives. Yep. You want some cheese? A little bit, yep. What about some bacon? Oh, yeah, gotta have a little bacon on there. All right. So, if you could zoom in on that right there, if you'll notice these grits here, how that red flake to them, that's the Jimmy Red corn. Now, the inside of the corn is white, just like all other corn, but you'll also see it looks a little deep, deeper redder color the grits does overall, and it has those red specks in there. Now, I will tell you, this is not the first time I haven't experienced this right here. And if you have never grown your own homegrown grits you do not know what you're missing out on the flavor there is a lot deeper and richer with these heirloom grains than what you do with these store-bought grits i've also fixed cornbread this week and some some thick and some lacy mm -hmm. what's your favorite the thicker one was, the lacy was a little too thin for me. The thicker one was a little bit, I, like, I think I like it the best. What about the hoe cake? I did some hoe The hoe cakes was really good. So with this right here, if you go to the store and buy mm -hmm. grits, it's going to be bleached or whatever, and it's going to be added stuff to it, the stuff taken away. This right here is whole corn ground up, nothing added or nothing taken away. This is the real clean eating right here that you get boom boom and the flavor of them grits whether it be in cornmeal or grits comes through to that it's just man it's got a more earthy awesome what's the best way to describe it well you put me on spot I put there. you on spot there didn't i, I was just enjoying eating them yeah but it's oh man it's just got it's more flavor rich, to it yeah. it's got flavor to it you know more normally grits don't have a lot of flavor this has flavor to it so I would highly encourage you, if you've never tried that, to uh, give it a try. First time I ate Jimmy Red grits and cornbread, I said, we're going to be millionaires. <laughs> Maybe not so, but these grits and everything, I think are just, I think it's, I think it's off the chain. Off the chain. Yep. All right. So what else we got going on in the garden? We still got okra. Your corn's mm -hmm. coming up. Um... I planted some potatoes. Fall potatoes, which is a new thing for us. Mm -hmm. And a root pouch. Let's see what else. That's about all I got going on. Still got microgreens going on. Yep. So I want to touch on this because there was a post the other day on a Robo Row group. If you're not a member of our Robo Row group on Facebook, I would encourage you to join it. 
Somebody, and I didn't answer it because I was kind of busy, but I should have, and I wanted to address it on the show. Somebody said that they had to replant their corn twice in the fall, and they was asking if any other people had had the same issues. Hmm. Well, I had that same exact issue. I've had a hard time getting my seeds up this fall. Now, I planted twice. I don't know if it was the moon or what it was, but I know my seed was good because I went back and checked the germination. Something eating your seed? No, it was nothing needed. But I had a hard time. I had a harder than the usual time getting a stand of corn this fall. Mm-hmm. Normally don't have that problem in the springtime. I normally don't have it in the fall. But it was kind of unusual to somebody to mention the same thing. But I did have a hard time getting a stand of corn up. It's just a weird thing. I mean, they were planted the right depth. It was good corn seed. I had drip irrigation on them, so I watered them. I just couldn't get them up. Hmm. I don't know what it was. Sometimes with garden, you have those kind of things. Another thing I want to touch on is we were trying out a new type of zinnias. Mm-hmm. So the breeder sent me some of these seeds. And uh, they were coated. They were good seeds. I know that for a fact. Excuse me. And uh, I planted these zinnias out there as a test plot. I planted the whole 162 tray up. They didn't come up. They didn't come up. They didn't come up. Finally, three or four of that whole tray come up. I said, man, I got an issue here. So I turned around and did another tray with same seeds, and I planted them in, in a day and a half. They were up. The problem is we had a couple of days that was really overcast and didn't get very warm. And I was watering that first tray just like I would in the fall, of, I mean, excuse me, in the end of the summer, I was watering too much. And I kept them too wet and the seeds rotted in the 162 tray. And it was nobody's problem but mine. Sometimes you have to adjust your watering to the type of weather you had. And it's, it's hard to know if you're gonna have an overcast day. But those seeds sit in that soil too wet and they just rot it. So mm-hmm. I too have failures is what I was trying to get across mm-hmm. here. It's always a learning experience. It's not always the seed's fault. It's not always the seed's fault. Sometimes it's just circumstances that causes the issue. All right, you wanna get going on mm. container garden? Yep. I'll start off with containers. Okay. All right. So containers, I think about your patio, your back porch, um, your deck. But I use a lot of containers in my raised bed garden. I use the root pouches. I've got- Not in your raised bed, but beside your Yeah, like a mixture complementing the raised bed garden. I grow most of my peppers in containers. I grew my potatoes. I grew a bunch of okra in containers. So it kind of complements, it's not just for your deck is right. what I'm saying right. or patio um, so when you're looking at containers the size of the container and the plant you're going to put in it is important to match up if you're doing like a window box something like beets things with shallow roots mm-hmm. work best you wouldn't want to put a cauliflower or broccoli in a window box because no. you've got those long roots so always look at your container, what you're gonna plant, and kind of match up the root system there. You wanna have good soil, as always. I gotta pull off that minute, that's good stuff for you. I could eat a five gallon bucket full of it. Um, if you put crappy soil in the container, you're gonna get a crappy plant. Um, 
Now these different type of containers out there, let's go over a few of those. We got the concrete type, which you've seen, they sell these on the side and of the road. And I love, super. but once you put them, you oh, better man. decide where you want to put them before you put them there. Nah, I hate it when she says, I need you to do something for me. I know I'm fixing to have to pick up a 200 pound pot of concrete and move it. It's not one of my favorite chores to do. We've had them, they do last for a while. They can be fairly expensive, but they are hard to move. If they get bumped over, they can crack and bust. Right, and sometimes the cold weather over time, they'll crack. The cheap plastic ones that you buy. I haven't bought any in over here. Pet pee of mine, I hate the cheap plastic ones. They're cheaper. Normally of all the, uh, well, I'm not gonna say of all, of most of the containers, plastic is the cheapest, right. the plastic pots. Sun makes them break, crack. They are easy to move around, but they are easy to blow over as well. Terracotta. Probably my favorite. my favorite. It is uh, the most expensive. It is the most decorative. They do break easy if they get busted over, but they seem to hold up pretty well. Especially even the glazed ones hold up pretty well. Yeah, good. they tend to dry out a little bit quicker though. Right. I think because they're porous, mm -hmm. kind of, they dry out a little quicker. And our root pouches that we just added about a year ago seem to be a very yeah. good uh, option there for container garden because you can pack them up and put them away in the season, it's just like a bag. Plus, they drain well and not all that, they have air transfer with the root system there that a lot of pots don't have that seems to make a huge difference of the plants growing well, so. Take a little bit more watering. Yep. Um, and that's another thing, when you're looking where you're gonna put these containers, you wanna make sure you've got a water source close by, mm -hmm. that it's not a lot of trouble to water it. Right. And when you're selecting the plants, I talked about the roots. You also need to look at the sun. Mm -hmm. Kind of do a study of. You look at the sun, or take the sun into consideration. You no, you look at the sun. Okay. <laughs> um, to see where your shaded areas is, there are different types of the day, times of the day, because you don't want to plant a plant that needs full sun up next to the side of your house that's going to be partially shaded. And a general rule. Matching up your container with what you're growing is always go bigger than smaller. Mm -hmm. Example of that, if you think you need a three gallon, go with a five gallon. It just makes makes your life a lot easier there. The root pouches, if you hadn't checked them out, go to our website and check them out. And we're gonna put up a screenshot right here of what root pouches look like. We've sold hundreds, if not that, we've sold thousands of these in the last year. It's a great, great option if you're new to container garden or even you're still into container garden, it's a great option there that you can move around. They're light, economical, and they grow plants really, really well. Also, we have the container watering kit. Yes. Which, uh, we can throw up a picture of that too, um, is ideal for those big containers. You know, if there's one, and this is something on raised beds, there's one thing that is a negative about container garden is, is it dries out more so quicker than in-ground does. So you have to water more often. If you go out of town, you either got to get somebody to water for you, you got to have some kind of system set up to water or you'll come back to some dead plants. I hope it rains. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You want to move on to raised beds? Yeah, let's move on to raised beds. My favorite. Raised beds. And I will have to say, you're the raised bed gardener out of the bunch. Mm -hmm. I'm more of an engram. Although, Although I've got some raised beds, but you're more prolific at it yeah. than I am. How have they done so far? Mine? Mm-hmm. They've done okay. I just the other day put an irrigation system in there, so that's mm -hmm. gonna help me a lot. Yeah. So again, 
raised beds, look at your location. Try to pick out a sunny spot. You can have some in a shaded area that you just need to plant. Mm -hmm. Like spinach does good in a shaded area. You want mine? Yeah. <laughs> um, irrigation, again, plan when you're planting that raised bed, what type of irrigation. If all your only option is to hand water, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But just be prepared to hand water right. every day. Right. Especially during sometimes, sometimes twice a day. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be a drawback. Mm -hmm. Soil. You've got to start with good soil. Yep. Um, so you want to talk about a little bit? About I do. So a lot of people recommend putting in sticks and limbs and everything at the bottom of these raised beds where you fill them up. I don't think that's a huge issue. I would prefer to use a good potting soil. It's a little bit of an investment when you get started with these raised beds and these containers too, of getting good soil there to start with. But pick out a soil that's either got grounded pine bark, which is probably the cheapest out of the bunch, peat moss, vermiculite, and perlite, and has all those good components to make a good potting soil or a good raised bed soil. And then you can add as much as one third or two thirds good quality compost to that right there. And that'll give you a good head start and a good mix there. You wanna make sure that you use a pretty good, I wouldn't buy the cheapest they are out there, but I would actually look at it. If I could look in the bag and see how fine it is, you don't want a big chunks of bark, but you want a ground up bark and you want a decent quality. I don't say spend all the money and get the very best, but you want a decent quality and texture type pond soil. That's my thoughts. What did you fill yours with? I filled mine with ProMix. I had some big bales of the ProMix, which is a potting soil, and I filled it with that with a combination of compost. Okay. So that's what I used. Uh, do not use soil in your raised beds or your containers. Some people do that. Come out like topsoil. Topsoil is too dense and it's too heavy. Even if you put it in the bottom? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What about cardboard in the bottom? I don't think it's going to cause any damage. I don't, think, I don't think it's going to do much good either. I think some people do it for weed control. Weeds are not going to travel up this far. Oh. Now, if you're doing a raised bed that's six inches out of the ground, yeah, you may have some problems. But if you're doing 12 inches or so, weeds are not, they're going to be smothered out. They're not going to come through that. So, okay. yep. Mulching. Yeah, mulch is a good thing. I, I wouldn't go crazy with yeah. it. I would use a renewable that you have in your area there, like we have pine straw or wheat straw or anything like that. You've done it. Yeah. I find that it kind of protects that top layer mm -hmm. of soil. It helps with the moisture. Right. And then you have that organic matter you can work in. Yeah, that's fine. What about wood chips? Uh, I'm not a big fan of wood chips. If you got aged wood chips, they're okay, but they can be hard to decompose back in soil tape for a long period of time. I'm not a huge fan not of wood chips. Yeah. Um, placement of the plants. This is a big thing, and I didn't realize it at first, but you need to put your taller plants in the back mm -hmm. and kind of step them down. Um, or like Last year, I planted some English peas down the middle, and then I had smaller plants on each side. So think about when you're planting this out, the placement of your plants, and where the sun is, and you want to get those taller plants, the sun. You don't For the want, backdrop also. Right, you don't want the taller plants to 
um, shade out the smaller plants because mm -hmm. you're going to have a problem. Right. Um, bed preparation, you want to do soil testing mm -hmm. in the spring and the fall. You want to amend. Mm -hmm. And I you do that quite regularly. Yeah, I do. Sometimes three times a year. And we got a video coming out on that about yep. how I'm getting my beds ready for right. the fall. Yep. And then when you do plant your plants, label them or write it down on a piece of paper or take a picture of it. Document what you've got where. So your your thing is you like to put labels throughout your garden, which is not a bad thing. And I actually draw me off a map mm -hmm. when I plant mine. So we have a different way of doing things, but if you don't, I can promise you, if you forgot what you planted where. Yeah. And as far as what you can plant in raised beds, pretty much you can plant anything you plant in the ground mm -hmm. in a raised bed. Yep. And this time of year, we're getting ready for onions and mm -hmm. garlic, the strawberries, the brassicas. Yeah, there at the end of the show, we're going to go through each one of those and show you what you need to be planting now. So we'll and the greens. Okay. Yeah. Vertical garden, which is the new rave. The new rave and vertical garden can be two different things. It could be actually growing up on a trellis. So if you do have a small spot in your yard and you wanted to plant some, you could actually put you two or more, two or more, Two or more post up and use something like Hordenova netting right here or any other kind of trellising so that you could trellis up or an arch or arch or anything. That is what's defined as vertical garden. Fence panels. Cucumbers, uh, pole beans, all those things you can grow on vertical farm. Now another aspect of vertical garden has just come about in the last few years is some of these garden towers. Mm -hmm. Green stalk is one that comes to mind mm -hmm. that are these manufactured things that grew up in these towers. That is vertical. Right, and they have well. different size pockets. Mm -hmm. They have some with deep vertical roots, some that's shorter and wider. Right. They've got all kind of versions out there. So we're going to we're going to we take both of those and we put them in the vertical growing group, although it's a little bit different. You can grow things in ground with a trellis that you can't grow in these garden right. towers or these green right. stalks. And one of the benefits is space. Yeah, you can grow a lot a in lot. a little space. Another benefit is when you go to harvest it, it's easier on your back. And it's cleaner. So example... And more visible. Yeah, if you use one of these green stalks and you're growing lettuce, then you can clip, clip, never touches the soil. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot cleaner. Yeah. Um, I think they have a place. Now we don't use them, but I have seen some of our friends that have them. You know, people that's got small space that want to grow a lot of things, I think the green stalks yeah. in, the, in the garden. And I've heard a lot of good things. I've heard some yeah. pros and cons. Some of the cons is you've got to keep them water. You better have them close to your water source. Mm -hmm. Yep. And keep stay on a fertilizer schedule. Yep. yep. Um, and things that I've read that grow best in those stalks are strawberries, beans, and then have you a salad garden. Your beans? herbs. Mm -hmm. Beans and mm. I know the bush beans. Really? Yeah, they. One person was actually planting two bean plants in each one, and then it showed as it was growing, and they harvested it. It was pretty neat. Wow. All right, so let's do a rapid fire on what the subject of the show was. What you need to be planting now, and these different systems that we mm -hmm. just went over. First one was raised beds. What are you planting in raised beds, Sheila? What do you recommend planting in raised beds? Onions, garlic, strawberries, brassicas. Pretty much anything. 
-hmm. except for anything that's large vine. And I can't think of anything going into the fall that's going to be large vine, such as a watermelon or maybe some of the winter squash. I can't think of any. So you can pretty much plant anything that you would as your fall crop in a raised bed right now. Mm -hmm. And you can go vertical in that raised bed. And you, what? There's another aspect to it. Boom, boom. boom, boom. All right, so the next thing is containers. Mm -hmm. What you plant in the containers? I've got now, some lettuce. Fall potatoes. Fall potatoes. Beets, mm -hmm. radishes. Mm -hmm. Can you think of anything that you would plant in a, in a raised bed that you would not plant in a container for the fall? Probably my English peas, I wouldn't. Okay, you would plant English peas and snow peas in a raised bed, but not plant them in a container. That's good information right there. Carrots do really good in, in the uh, grow bags as well, yeah. if you go over when you did that last year. Mm -hmm. So if you got containers, you can plant pretty much anything in there going into the fall. With the right size container. With the right size container. With maybe, and you can plant the peas, but we'd probably recommend you plant your, your garden peas and your snow peas in a raised bed. Vertical garden. Now, this is where we're going to get a little bit out there on. This is my take on that. You may have a different take there because I didn't know about the green beans. Strawberries do really, really well, as you mentioned, in these vertical you know garden towers. Why? It's easy to see when those runners come off and keep those trimmed up and the blooms. It's just um, it's just easier. These things were actually kind of, I think, made for strawberries. Yeah. Strawberries and greens, any kind of leafy vegetable that you're going to eat, such as spinach, such as any of the lettuces, such as any of the herbs, or anything that you're going to eat as a leaf. Collard greens, kale, any of those things. I think are just the perfect for top the top bunch turnips. Top bunch turnips are perfect for these garden towers and these green stalks. I think that's perfect. I think where people get in trouble is when they get away from those mm -hmm. and try to do other things in there. I don't think it works as well. Now, this is the pictures of the green stalk. It has more of a pocket there. So mm -hmm. you could probably get by with more there than you could some of the others that just have the little round hole going up. But I think you're better off to grow any of your root crops, mm -hmm. your carrots and your beets and things like that in a container and save all that precious space on that green stalk or that garden tower to grow your leafy vegetables. Herbs and all your leafy vegetables that you can eat as a salad, anything like that, or stir fry. Mm -hmm. I think you need to save that because it is ideal for that yeah. use there. So if you have a green stalk or any type of vertical planter, let us know what you've had success growing in them. Mm -hmm. And see if we're, tell us if we're right or not. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we have done that. We got people online ready to go with their fall planting, regardless of what kind of system they use. If you don't have anything, you just won't get started. Root pouches is probably the easiest, cheapest best way to get started would you say right okay all right snow peas we covered the snow peas and everything mm -hmm. one of my favorite things growing in the fall is english peas mm -hmm. those are perfect raised beds all right so let's talk about garden of the week we started this new segment garden uh, spotlight garden spotlight we started this new about a week ago people are sending in the pictures of the garden and telling a little story about how they garden so let me get my notes right right here. We have this week, Erin Ivy and her husband out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, sent these pictures in right here of their garden. This is what's neat about their garden. 
they have a small space garden. They actually live in a subdivision. Mm. So they have to guard real tight. They use garden towers, as we see here in the picture here, garden mm -hmm. towers and raised beds. Mm -hmm. And they have been gardening for two years. They actually live in the subdivision, this HOA, which means it has rules in there about what you can and can't do. But they got pre-approval to grow their vegetable garden. And she said their neighbors and their friends have gone bonkers about their mm -hmm. harvest. So they're doing an absolutely wonderful job. You can see they also have a vertical Hanging. garden wall there. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. They got a fig tree there in a the pot. And look at their little trailer set. It looks like they're growing cucumbers up there and their tomatoes over there. So they're utilizing as much space. You know, tomato cages is considered vertical garden. Absolutely. Look at their oh, arbor. Look at their arbor there. So they're utilizing all this small space to grow as much as they can. There's a little raised bed right there. Looks it's like, like winter squash. Winter squash, maybe and some tomatoes and peppers in it. And there's a picture of some of their bounty there. And there's another picture there, some blueberries. They enjoy giving a lot of their stuff away, which is we all do. They're doing a wonderful job. So thank you, Aaron Ivy, for sending in these pictures and your story about how you're successful growing your own food, even in a small place in a subdivision. No excuses. Anybody can do it. Now it's time for the Halsinator. All right, so folks, if you're not familiar with the Halsinator, we started this little contest early in the spring. Who could grow the biggest Halsinator? The Halsinator is a new variety for us this year, and we were really excited about it. We knew it was a big tomato, but we also knew it was a good tomato. So what we have here, the winner of the Halsinator contest is Jordan and Megan Singletary, and they're at a Whitesville, North Carolina, Zone 8A. And they say, this was our favorite variety of the year. We look forward to growing it this fall and years to come. We love Hoss. And their Hossinator come in at 1.13 ounces. Ooh. Almost two pounds. How about that for that a big Hossinator? Mm -hmm. I grew some big ones, but I didn't grow one that big. They have the seed pack with it and they're showing it on scales. So congratulations, Jordan and Megan, on the biggest Hoss Nader. You will receive a $100 gift certificate of Hoss Tools to spend the way you wish. They need to send in there. We got it. I think, the, I think, we, well, I think we've got okay. all that. Yep. All right. You go ahead and do the corner joke? Corner joke. time for the corner joke. Deborah, who works here, in our she's the one. She's the one that counts her money. Yeah, our money counter. Um, sent this one to me. Okay. What do you get when you boil a funny bone? Is this a garden? Not kind of really. No. What do you get when you boil a funny bone? I have no idea. A laughing stock. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Uh, That's kind of a cooking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've heard better. Thank you, Deborah. Anyway. <laughs> well, how about you do it next week? Yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, I'll put you in charge. All right, and look here, folks. Onions, onions, onion, onions. So our Vidalia type or our Vidalia onions are pre-sale. So we are started pre-selling our Vidalia onions. These will ship in November. We'll start shipping them the first of November. The three varieties we have this year are all Vidalia type onions grown in Vidalia, Georgia, oh. or the, the area there where Vidalia onions come from, actually in Glenville, which is a town next, next door. 
three varieties we have here, and you can buy each of these, or you can buy the bundle, which is all three. 50 starts per bundle. At, at least 50. Mm -hmm. At least 50. We guarantee you get 50 per bundle. We'll give you a little bit more than that. But Vidora, Sapelo, which is the two white type onions, and the Vidora and Sapelo, I believe, are both jumbo. So these are going to make some huge onions. We also have a red called Sofire. We actually sell the Sofire on our website as a seed. All three of those are great varieties that are Vidalia sweet onions. So get that order in today. We will sell out of those. So you want to order them ahead of time. And starting the 1st of November, we'll get them out there to you because that'll be time for you to plant these short day type onions. And we've got to do the old goat drawers. Yes, we do. So if you're not aware, there's old goat. He's hit on the set here somewhere. It's a figurine. And if you find the old goat, send it in. Excuse me. Put it in the comments. Where he is. And way. if we choose your name from a drawing, we'll send you a nice gift. How about that? How about that? All right. So the drawing for the old goat from last week's show. Goes to Robert Christensen. How about that? Robert, send us in your address to CustServeHossTools.com and we'll get you a coveted Hoss prize out in the mail. As of right now, we have a few garlic left. A little bit of garlic, yes, not Very a lot. Few. Yep. Um, that'll be starting shipped out. Oh man, Sheila, we probably gonna start shipping them out before long. Man, mm -hmm. I, I can't After remember. After Labor Day? Yeah, probably it's gonna probably be in sometime September. Yeah. Okay. We got elephant garlic and we got German white. We don't have a whole lot of German white left. We got a little bit left. So get those orders in. Strawberries. Strawberries. Everybody loves strawberries. We got a few strawberries left. So get on site, order those. Fifty plugs to the tray. Channel strawberry, which is in my opinion the sweetest strawberry out there. Period. So order your strawberries for your fall planting and we'll start shipping those out in October. All right, folks. Is that your last wrap? I think so. That's a wrap. Yep. Thank you for joining us. Now it's time for you to get off that couch and get outside and get dirty. Yeah.